my name is Elle, and I'm a transgender woman talking about Barbie. Yes, Barbie, it's my turn now. I was able to see the film a few weeks ago, and I've been stewing on it ever since, and uh, writing some notes down and thinking about what I thought of it and what came up, and maybe what I might want to say on the podcast, Transgender Woman Talking. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today for the show, and I apologize, it's been uh, 10 days since my last episode dropped. Um, it's been kind of a crazy time. I know that you keep uh, hearing me say that if you're a regular listener, um, but I was just finishing up my master's degree, uh, and I had my final paper was turned in a couple days ago. And so that feels pretty amazing and pretty wonderful to be all, all finished. You know, there's still a few steps here and there to go in terms of, you know, applying for licensure with the state and all these kinds of things. But uh, the degree is done, which is remarkable and beautiful and exciting, and I can hardly believe it. So... Um, I'm back on the program. I think this is episode 50. I think it's number 50 uh, full episodes. So uh, we are almost at one year from the starting date of Transgender Woman Talking. And it's been such a privilege to uh, spend time with you. I continue to uh, receive really kind, really thoughtful emails. And um, there's a few that I know you're waiting for a response and I will get to you uh, hopefully this week now that I'm out of class. Um, but uh, as always, uh, you can reach out to me at, at uh, Twat Podcasting, T-W-A-T, Transgender Woman Talking Podcasting, um, at gmail.com. And I will uh, talk back with you. Um, so, like I said, I want to talk a little bit about Barbie today. This I don't know if it really qualifies as a full-blown uh, um, movie review vis-a-vis uh, -vis the book review of, of Mad Honey that I had a little while ago. Um, but, you know, it is a reflection on the movie. So, uh, I, I'm just going to share a few things that came up for me as a transgender woman. And as this is my show, I'm going to talk about it. Um, but maybe you will resonate with some of that. Maybe uh, you haven't seen the film yet. You're still thinking about it. There will be some spoilers in this episode. So, you know, if you're kind of trying to figure out whether or not you want to see it or not, uh, maybe you listen to me and you'll figure it out, but know that some of it will be spoiled. Um, or maybe go see it and then come back to the podcast. We'll, we'll do that. Um, at this point, the movie's been out for two or three weeks and has made, you know, or has grossed like $2 billion or something ridiculous. And Greta Gerwig is, you know, the biggest uh, woman um, movie director ever. And it's like, you know, taking the country and if not the world by storm. Um, so, you know, you've probably seen it. And honestly, like, I want to see it a second time. So you can already tell I really, really loved the movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was entertaining and funny and cute and uh, deep and well thought out. And I cried. It had a beautiful um, 
multi-layered message. Uh, I really, I really liked it. Um, and maybe some of that has to do with uh, my privilege. You know, I uh, did not grow up uh, with a particular attachment to Barbie. I didn't play with Barbies really myself uh, much at all. My little sister, who was quite a few years younger than me, had Barbies and and played with them, but it it wasn't something that I really remember longing for. Um, and by the time she was playing with Barbies, I was a teenager, and so you know a, a lot of women who did play with Barbies when they're younger, you know, they don't play with them when they're teenagers. So you know we're like almost 10 years apart. So, uh, me and my sister. So, uh, I, you know, I don't have those memories. And I think in part because of that, um, I do not, uh, share some of the experiences of, um, you know, feeling like pressure to be like Barbie you know, essentially to live up to this uh, impossible standard of femininity. And of course, Barbie, in a sense, and the film touches on this, Barbie, in a sense, is a metaphor for the unattainable standard of femininity. Um, So I guess as I was thinking about going to the film, like before I even went to it, I felt some sadness, you know, about having missed out on that experience, even though, uh, it's a painful experience for most women. It also is something that, uh, unites a lot of girls. And I, and for me, uh, as a trans woman who came out and transitioned later in life, it's not really something that I, uh, went through. Um, but you know, beyond that, as I, you know, when I first saw that there was going to be a Barbie movie, I thought about how, you know, I don't even know if I would have wanted to play with Barbie, but I do know for sure that Barbie and other toys like that were uh, very much forbidden. And um, even if I showed interest and wanted to play with them, uh, it definitely would have been a thing where I would have paid a price uh, socially. Um, I would have paid a price within my family, uh, within my friend system. It, uh, you know, it wasn't something that I truly had a free choice to explore or not. And, um, and in a lot of ways, I felt a great deal of pressure as someone who was trying to figure out how to be a boy, um, because that's what everyone told me I was, and that's felt safe, um, you know, I felt the need to feign disinterest in Barbie. And, you know, if you, if you fake something long enough, you might start to believe it yourself. So I don't really know if I would have liked to play with Barbie or not, but I certainly don't have that memory or that attachment or those prior, um, ties. And, um, And so, honestly, I think in a lot of ways, if I had not heard some of the conversations that were going around about Barbie after the movie came out, I don't even know if I would have gone to it because I didn't have that attachment, right? I didn't have that childhood connection in many, in really in many ways at all. And 
So, um, you know, I went honestly because of the conversation that I was hearing about Barbie, the conversation I was hearing uh, about the experiences that people were having and how uh, powerful they found it and how much of a, so, you know, like a cultural phenomenon it was. I remember going um, to have a meal with my family uh, a couple weeks ago. I, you know, we went and got some mod pizza and it's right next to the movie theater in our city. And I remember seeing just like dozens and dozens of women dressed in pink all showing up to go to Barbie, uh, you know, in mass in groups uh, to enjoy the film together. So I knew it, it was something even just by seeing that. Um, but, you know, it's interesting when I went to the film, I went by myself, my family, my the rest of my family, my kids, and my wife, they were. Um, on vacation, and I had to stay home to work and to finish school, which was sad and a bummer, but was the reality. Um, so I went to see Barbie uh, by myself, and I went and sat in a huge, full, packed movie theater, uh, wall-to-wall people for a late-night show, and you know, I feel like when I was at the film, especially at the beginning, that sense of sort of sadness, something I had missed, a feeling of alienation almost, you know, it really continued, especially in the first parts of the film, because, you know, uh, much, um, many of the experiences that the character, uh, you know, Barbie, the the pro, what I don't remember what they call her, um, Margot Robbie's character, the the prototypical Barbie or something like that, or the the I can't remember what what she's called, but uh, the main character of the movie, uh, who is Barbie, um, you know, she goes through a lot of different experiences in the film, really discovering uh, the patriarchy, right? And she discovers these and has these experiences where she starts to, you know, feel like she's not good enough and uh, you know, have like these, uh, unwanted, uh, roles, uh, gender roles placed upon her and so on. And, you know, I think that my sense of alienation, uh, or just sadness or, you know, that this was not an experience that I went through, um, was that, you know, a lot of what Barbie goes through in the movie are experiences that that cis girls and cis women uh, went through and and suffered profoundly because of our patriarchal hierarchy of gender, and um, and in many ways that's an experience that I didn't get. It was much different. My experience was much more uh, like the Kens who were awakened to their uh their patriarchy and um and so that you know there was a piece of that 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 felt sad uh just you know missing out and i've talked a lot on the on the podcast about the different aspects of um the of women's experience that i didn't have or that's different for me as a trans woman than it is for a cisgender woman and there really isn't anything to do about that. It's just the reality of how it is. It's part of the experience of being a trans person. Um, so uh, that was something that came up. 
I was really, really touched by America Far- for or America Ferreras. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name, but uh, the actor that plays, um, I think it's Gloria, um, the uh, the the co-star who uh, is uh, the woman who plays the secretary in the Mattel office building in uh, on the human side, right? Um, and uh, you know, the speech that she makes about, you know, halfway through the film about the impossibility of femininity was just gutting and so deeply true. And, you know, living as a woman myself now for a couple of years, I have had some experiences. And as a woman, I certainly related with what she had to say. It was so heavy, and it ends with this phrase. I want to quote her. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll just representing a woman, then I don't even know. And I certainly relate with God with tying myself up into knots and doing all of these things so that people will like me, uh, including staying in the closet, honestly, and um, being in the closet as a trans woman uh, is a woman's experience, and it's awful in its own way. Um, I remember... um, as a younger person, uh, early on in my pastoral ministry, I visited a friend who was pastoring uh, in San Francisco. And we had a, uh, the friend was um, kind enough to let uh, me uh, crash on the couch uh, in his apartment. Um, and he and his family lived in this, you know, little apartment in San Francisco. It was very expensive uh, in general in that city. And, um, they were there planting a church. And so they had this little tiny apartment and they were, you know, squeezed in there and they were so happy and so gracious and, uh, so, uh, hospitable to me. You know, I I went there to like see a play and to go to a football game and whatever. And we were able to spend some time with them and they were, you know, kind enough to let us sleep on their couch. Um, but I remember we stayed up really late having a conversation, and um, I remember my friend at one point uh, referred to himself as a feminist, you know, and uh, I asked, you know, to my shame today, if he was embarrassed about becoming a feminist, and he, what I remember is he explained that um, not at all. And it was one of the things he was the most proud of about what he had been given by his family and by his mom. And um, that story really stuck with me. And I think that was a moment where my eyes started to open a little bit. Um, Not to my, uh, you know, not to my gender as a trans woman, but just to the realities of the patriarchy and the realities of the inequalities uh, that we uh, live under or on top of because of this gender-based hierarchy. 
And, uh, you know, at that time in my friend's house, I was deconstructing. I was deep in the closet. I certainly had had many thoughts about transgender people, etc. I mean, I was in my 20s. Um, but that, that moment really struck me. Um, and, you know, uh, one of the things about the movie that I think was brilliant and also subtle is that I don't think that the movie really... Um, uh, you know, it doesn't only criticize patriarchy. I, I think, and I keep using this word, gender-based hierarchy, I think it, it more criticizes any system of gender-based hierarchy, right? Like this, you know, the, the Barbie world is this, like, um, I'm reading a quote, um, uh, from uh, Hari Neff uh, in an article in Them magazine. I'll link to it in the show notes, but uh, writes that, you know, Barbie Land is like this perpetual state of, of stylized hyperfemininity, gender performance that is, according to Neff, candy with a little poison. And, um, and we see, you know, like at the very beginning of the show, how that affects Ken, right? Um, the the Kens, right? Their their identity as an accessory to Barbie, and it's really a parallel to the dehumanization that happens to uh, women in the patriarchy, right? Um, and so, uh, I I think in a lot of ways the film is an invitation for people to see and to maybe deconstruct gender as a rigid structure, gender as a, a hierarchy, to, to deconstruct these rigid uh, stereotypes that we live uh, amongst uh, masculinity um, and femininity. And I loved how, um, you know, the Kens at first didn't realize or didn't even understand the patriarchy either, right? They were blind to it. And then even when they uh, adopted it and wanted to, you know, enjoy its fruits, as it were, they were still blind to it in many ways, right? They were blind to how it affects all of us. And that's actually a question I wanted to uh, reflect on. And I'd love to hear actually from you, my audience, um, you know, if you're listening to the show, how do you experience patriarchy as a trans person today? So if you're a trans feminine person or you're a trans masculine person or or maybe you're a cisgender person who uh, loves a trans person or maybe you're non-binary um, or somewhere else along the spectrum, how does patriarchy affect you? Uh, in your experience, because I think it affects us all, and it probably affects us all differently, almost certainly, in fact. Um, you know, as a trans woman, I think about the distrust that is out there uh, for us. I mean, obviously not amongst all people, but, you know, if you've listened to any of the political rhetoric about trans people or trans issues uh, as such, um, there is a lot of skepticism about us. Uh, we are looked at, uh, trans women especially, we are looked at as being um, men who are dressing up as women so that we can 
um, have access to women's spaces so that we can sexually assault uh, women and girls. Um, that's, you know, the narrative that's underneath, say, uh, laws to keep us from being able to use uh, women's bathrooms, for example. Um, and, you know, undergirding all of this is the patriarchy. Underneath all of this is a hierarchical system that says that men are superior to women um, and that, uh, you know, I mean, some, some people may argue that, oh, well, it's, it's not patriarchy, it's, it's complementarity, um, but it's, we all know the truth, okay? <laughs> we, we all know the truth. Uh, it's not complementarity. It's, I guess it's complementarity with one side on the top, the men being on the top. And so in that context, which we all live and swim in, in that context where men are superior to women, why would any man go down the totem pole to be a woman? It makes absolutely no sense unless they have ulterior motives. And that line of thought, even if it isn't explicitly spoken, um, undergirds a lot of the conversations about us. And it undergirds a lot of people's fear of us. And sadly, it's undergirding a lot of um, laws that are being made about us. And, you know, we have these, um, you know, mothers what's the liberty mothers fucking motherfucking liberty mothers i can't remember what they're called but you know oh moms of liberty maybe it's called i can't remember what the fuck they're called but um they're awful and they call us groomers right because they see us as predators who have ulterior motives and they're trying they're coming after your kids i just read an article about this lady that went um undercover in a uh, hyper-fundamentalist Baptist church uh, in Spokane, Washington. And there was a lot of, they have recordings of the preacher, you know, talking about how, you know, these trans people are coming after your kids. And um, so all of that fear is based on the patriarchy. That's one of the ways that patriarchy affects me is that there's a lot of folks that don't trust me. Um, for, for trans men or trans masculine people, um, I think that the patriarchy ends up infantilizing a lot of them. So sort of looking down on trans masculine people is almost like that they've been this deceived, um, they've been deceived by the medical establishment and they're, that they're almost like they're misguided children and that they, um, shouldn't be held responsible for, uh, the decisions that they make about their medical care, um, and that we should, uh, write laws to, uh, restrict their bodies, sort of like we've written laws to restrict, uh, abortion because they're stupid women. They're really just stupid women who need to be guided and protected by smarter, better men. I mean, that's kind of the narrative that I hear a lot about transmasculine people. And again, it's the patriarchy, right? And, um, you know, the patriarchy lives on this hyper-masculine, hyper-feminine binary system, right? And so if any of us choose to live outside of that neat little binary, like I did when I went through transition, I lost my career, right? 
I was fired or asked to resign and um, I had to go back to school at age 40 and and gosh man I I feel so grateful that I had the chance to do that and I was able to borrow money um, from the government to do that and went back to school and, and I'm just finishing um, but uh, the patriarchy is hostile to people who live outside of that rigid binary, whether the sex binary or the gender binary. Um, so many different ways that we are affected by uh, the patriarchy. I already mentioned beauty standards and uh, women uh, existing as objects for the male gr- the male gaze and bro culture and the cruelty and bullying of trans people by people like Ben Shapiro, Joe Rogan, Matt Walsh, and their followers. It all comes from patriarchal norms. So uh, those are some of the ways that I know that it affects me, but how does it affect you? How do you think patriarchy affects trans people today? Uh, A couple more things. I think I have three more items on my list about the film before we close. Um, And there really are some takeaways and some spoilers here. Um, but, uh, I loved the references to genitals, uh, at the beginning and the end. Um, I thought that it was, uh, fascinating and funny and interesting because of course, like everyone is undressed a Barbie before, um, uh, and seeing that they have no genitals. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was fascinating and funny and interesting and, um, I loved uh, the trans element to it. A lot of my trans sisters have, you know, noticed that um, about how for a lot of trans women, um, you know, getting a vagina uh, midlife uh, is a big part of their life experience, right? And and um, uh, uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie's character says, I don't have a vagina at the very beginning of the show. Um, and trans women might say something similar at a certain point in their life. And then at the ending, uh, she w- is living her life as a person who once did not have a vagina, but now who does. And she is going to the, uh, the you know, to going to the, the gynecologist. And, you know, it's hilarious. Like, it's like, um, you know, as a trans person, I'm thinking like, did, did she have bottom surgery? Like, you know, maybe... <laughs> you know maybe her like transition quote unquote maybe uh till till living as a human involves some kind of vaginoplasty and um you know not unlike how it is for many uh trans women right who go through that experience and obviously it's it's a relatively small percentage of us who are able to access that uh procedure or who want to Um, but it certainly is a very trans dynamic in the storyline. I really, um, I really loved that. And I loved how, you know, she, there's kind of this subtle subtext that like, even as someone who did not have a vagina, uh, she represented, uh, the essence of femininity, that the height of all that, you know, women strove to be, right? Even when she didn't have like the quote unquote, you know, appropriate genitals. Um, And that says a lot about, at least to me, it says something about um, the way, uh, just the realities of being woman 
and that it's more complicated than uh, simply, um, you know, chromosomal or gonadal sex or sex assigned at birth or, you know, the genitals that you happen to have, that there's a lot more to it than that. Um, another thing I loved about the show was uh, I mentioned already Hari Neff, uh, who is a trans woman who was a character in the movie. She's from uh, Philadelphia. And like I said, there's a great article in Them magazine that I will link um, that involves uh, an interview with Hari Neff. Um, but I just, I loved that she was included. And I, you know, full disclosure, I'm not really that big on, like, uh, you know, celebrity culture, I guess. You know, like, I don't, I don't really follow celebrities. I didn't even know who Hari Neff was. Um, you know, I, when, when she came on the program, I uh, wondered... I mean, she had a deeper voice than the other Barbies. And so I was like, okay, well, so I kind of, you know, clocked her that way. But of course, she's gorgeous. I wouldn't have clocked her any other way. And like, and even then, like, I didn't really know. And I kind of wondered to myself, like, oh, is this a, you know, is this a subtle nod to trans people? And I, you know, it made me feel good as I was sitting there. And then later I learned, oh, actually, no, it was more than a subtle nod. Like, this was... Um, you know, a trans character who is a trans woman herself. And um, I think what I loved most about her portrayal in the movie was that um, no one ever commented on her being trans. Her being trans wasn't part of the story. It wasn't... uh, I mean, there was subtle stuff, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but, you know, there was subtle stuff that came out um, that a trans person or trans people would notice and enjoy, right? But, um, it wasn't, it, like, it wasn't a plot line. And if you remember my book review back, if you go back and listen to, uh, the piece that I did on, um, Mad Honey, I reflected on how I didn't like how, you know, this trans girl and Mad Honey became a part of the plot line, right? It was really annoying, and it was, I found it really frustrating and kind of gross and, and like really, really common. And I just, I don't want to be a plot twist, right? And in this movie, they did it. It was amazing, right? They, um, they, uh, it was, it was just remarkable. It was really, really, really cool because she was just treated like another Barbie, she was just one of the girls. She, there wasn't any reason to talk about her being trans. She was just one of the Barbies. And that was so powerful, so beautiful in and of itself. She was there. She was included. It wasn't a big deal. We moved on. Um, I loved the scene where she had to pretend that she thought she wasn't pretty, right? When she takes off the glasses, it was like... Oh, got me. <laughs> um, it was it was really really lovely, and actually that um, Hari Neff's performance is part of why I, you know, I want to go back and watch it again, right? Um, and I, 
I, I want to, yeah, I want to go back and watch it. And honestly, like, I think that sort of the closing or maybe even the central argument of the movie, I don't know if it was the central argument, but it came that way to me was very, it was very trans, right? Um, this idea of like, just live your life and be in your body how you want to be essentially, right? In the end, uh, you know, Barbie has this realization that she doesn't need to ask anyone to have permission to be human. She can just choose to become human. And God, if that isn't like the moment that many of us go through when we choose to transition, there isn't anyone out there that we need to ask permission to be who we are. We don't need anyone's permission to be a woman. We don't need anyone's permission to transition. It's who we are and we can choose it and we can declare it and we can live in it. Um, and we can like, we can create that world, right? Um, it was just, it was so, so powerful, right? Um, you know, the, the idea that she doesn't have to grapple in order to be a real, a real person that she just can be real. Um, and, and that the closing song, the Billie Eilish song was like, oh, I cried and cried and cried. I hadn't heard that before. Um, what was I made for is, um, the song by Billie Eilish and all, um, you know, I will put a, uh, a link, uh, to the, um, the video of the song. There's a YouTube link, uh, with the video of the song. Um, but it's just, it was so, so, uh, powerful. I cried and I cried and I cried. Um, you know, I used to float. Now I just fall down and used to know, but now I'm not sure now. And then there's this refrain that goes through, what was I made for? What was I made for? I don't know how to feel, but I want to try. Oh, oh. I don't know how to feel, but someday I might. Oh, oh, my God. Um, it's like, it's such a powerful, <laughs> the, the closing lines. I think I forgot how to be happy. Something I'm not but something I can be, something I wait for, something I'm made for, my word. And that's, you know, I think the heart of the film for me, and now I'm like fucking weeping on the podcast. Um, and that for me is, it's so, it's just, it's a human thing. Uh, but I can't help but, uh, you know, hear those lyrics and hear her sing that song uh, through the lens of, of being trans. And uh, life, even with the fucked upness of patriarchy um, and transphobia, uh, life is so much happier on this side. And I'm so grateful uh, to be here. And I'm so grateful to be on this mic and crying here with my candles lit in front of me late at night. Um, 
it's just, it's a beautiful thing to be alive. And, um, and I'm like Barbie in that way, I suppose. <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening, everyone, for sticking with me. This is one of a long, this is a little bit longer episode. Um, but my name indeed is L, and I am a transgender woman talking. And uh, just want to thank you for listening. Thanks for your reviews of the program. Thank you for your ratings. I've noticed uh, those came through after the last episode. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I have a lot of negative, nasty, homophobic, transphobic stuff. Uh, people who come and put zero star on my show uh, just to be an asshole. And so uh, your five star rating and review makes a big difference. Um, it has been an absolute privilege uh, to be with you yet again. And I'll talk to you again uh, in one more week. Uh, bye bye.